femininity is powerful in all its forms, exceptional women, rare girls must be appreciated in every way for their perspectives, actions, thoughts, and their unique ways of being. Such rare girls are inspiring, and this is what this podcast is all about. Hello, my name is Aziz, and my guest today is Masha Visotska. Masha is a Flex alumna of 2017 and a senior at Minerva University USA, concentrating in brand management and scalable growth. Masha enjoys discovering the world, learning behavioral science, doing tarot card readings, and approaching life with a slow living mindset. Masha is proud to study in the most innovative university in the world and to experience different lifestyles in seven countries during her four-year studies at Minerva. She shares her life in TikTok as well at Masha Adventures. Masha, how are you today? Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm doing well. Thank you. And um, yeah, that's a great day in Malta today where I'm currently in. So I'm really happy about that. I'm very happy for you. You sound excited. You sound positive. And to begin this conversation by understanding a bit more about you, if your friends or the people who know you would describe who you are, what is your personality? What would they say? Oh, that's a tricky question because it makes me think from their interpretive lenses. But I think that they would say that um, I'm kind of person who likes to have fun, but also is open to deep conversations and discussing serious stuff. So I guess I would say balance between these two. And also um, a fan of slow living, as you already mentioned. No matter how busy my life gets, I'm trying to listen to myself, to my needs, um, and trying to enjoy the life and every moment. So I guess this slow living mindset really helps me to kind of survive and not even survive, but to go through the life and uh, just enjoy every second. You must be a medium, a psychic. The tarot readings have helped a lot because my next question was going to be about slow living. And I'm curious to ask you, a lot of people will think, oh, my God, you study at uh, Minerva. It's really difficult. You must be studying 24-7, living like with some uh, vitamin B6 and B12 and all this stuff so that you don't need so much sleep. How can you reconcile? slow living with all the tasks and duties and adventures and things that you do throughout the day? Yes, that's a great question. And I think I spent three years figuring it out, studying at Minerva. I think that the most and the biggest priority for me that I realized is that if I'm not in the resource, if I'm not fulfilled with the energy and uh, the resource, the effort that I have to put into the assignments, into the, I don't know, social responsibilities, I just cannot cope with them well. So I just realized that kind of like listening to what I need, like even at what time I need to wake up or what are my priorities for this day? Like, is it assignments? Is it academics? Is it socializing? I guess that's what uh, made me feel like I need to kind of slow down and uh, 
physically we cannot do everything at once like we are all humans and we all need to sleep well to eat well um to like exercise to feel well as well so um i guess just um, realizing that you have only yourself at at last yeah at the end um and then everything else is after that so just listening and uh, also prioritizing uh, what you think you should do today is very essential and it's more important than any assignment or any like uh, maybe socializing that you don't really feel like doing on certain days thank you that's really important and there is this idea that in order to get to a goal you must at first sacrifice your health yourself everything until you arrive and then when you've arrived you can have a more balanced life again for more clarification why do you feel or believe that's the wrong way to go about things i mean i think nowadays in the society we are very much pressured to achieve things and to go to the goals you know like um kind of sacrificing everything sacrificing your well-being sacrificing your relationships with people and i think this is a wrong way to go because like at last uh, you what you have is only yourself as i already mentioned and if you don't feel happy with your life if you don't feel satisfied you won't flourish and you won't feel like you achieved the goals that you wanted to you can set a goal and then when once you have it you can realize that oh that's not what i wanted at least at the end right so i guess this is the wrong way because people focus on the end goal and not on the progress but the truth is that i guess personally to me i am enjoying the process of achieving this goal as well so it's all about the process as well i really like that thank you and to pivot into something that is related but could be not tarot reading how did you get into this uh, hobby or activity what do you believe about life how are things happening tell me your whole metaphysical spiritual approach yeah that's a really great question and i think that i got into that maybe like a one and a half year ago i was always interested in spirituality but specifically tarot reading came to my life when i went to one of the tarot readings back in ukraine and uh, that woman literally scared me to death like she told me all the bad stuff she told me like something that was happening in the my in my life like some dark magic or something so i got really scared and then i started questioning this tarot reading stuff um and i just concluded that if i'm very interested in that why like why not trying it by myself you know and i just got the cards and i self learned um over the summer and i just loved it so much because i think about tarot reading and tarot cards in general as a tool to kind of see um the energy of the person or the energy of myself currently and then see where the person or i should direct that energy to achieve or to get um whenever i want or whenever wherever they want so i guess it's not like something you know scary or magical or so, i know some people are scared of that to me it's just the tool and it doesn't depend on the religion on your viewpoints so this is just something that helped me and my friends as well 
Um, so yeah, it just helps to direct uh, the person and to make the right choices, I guess. I like that. And I'm really interested in learning more about your perspective about the energy of the person which you mentioned. Are you an empath? Do you feel people's energy? And how do you explain it? Do you feel there are people in this world that as soon as you meet them, you're like, oh my God, I feel I know you all my life or in a previous reincarnation, it's so nice and smooth. And some other people that can be nice or whatever, but the energies reject each other, etc. What's your perspective on this? Have you experienced it? And how important is energy for you? Yeah, that's also a great question. I think that, um, first of all, I'm not an empath. And I think that being an empath is very hard emotionally to feel the people, to feel how they feel and kind of um, take uh, their um, energy and their perceptions um, as well. So I guess it's like a little bit I'm also kind of happy that I'm not an empath because I think it's it's very, very challenging. But uh, from perspective of feeling the energies of people, I guess that um, I'm trying to be more observing at first, but also being open. Like I have uh, some topics or, you know, like some limits to be open with people when I see them for the first time, but then um, going into deeper conversations or being more open and become very close friends is very... Um, like challenging for me in the way that I'm very selective with my surrounding. And I guess, as you mentioned, like if you click with the person right away or if you feel like you are, you have been knowing them for the whole life, from my experience, it ends up being toxic or it ends up being not what you expected. So I guess now I'm trying to be more rational and cautious when I feel like there is some chemistry or something right away. I'm trying to be more cold-hearted and more rational, not to be kind of damaged or hurt in the future. Um, so I guess stable and healthy <laughs> development of relationships and energies is more um, like is better for me rather than chemistry in the very beginning. Thank you. And... Why or how do you feel other people can hurt you? Is it related to the black magic voodoo thing from the tarot woman that told you? Or because look, sometimes it's for people to know you, uh, you have to be yourself or and therefore you open up and then the wrong people will behave in a way that is hurtful. But all they say is I'm not the right person to be in your life and the right people will get to know that you're compatible fast. Do you know what I mean? Let me know more and explain the toxicity you're speaking about because it sounds very like um, very mean sociopath people. You know? <laughs> yeah, I think that um, like being toxic here, I guess I meant not the people, but the relationship we end up with. So I guess it comes from both sides. And I think that here, um, the most important thing for me personally, because it depends on my reactions a lot. It doesn't, it doesn't mean that the person is bad or they behave like, you know, awfully or uh, like sociopathic or something like this. Um, no, I think from my side, 
when I feel like the person really matches me at first, I guess I build a lot of expectations in my head and I start idealizing them. And then when those expectations are not met, of course, I'm disappointed and I'm very sad. And um, like maybe some of the actions that people make, yes, they can be bad sometimes. And this contributes to those like this is not what I expected. Uh, but in like overall, we are all humans and we all make mistakes. So I don't blame them for that. Um, so I guess the most important thing here is not black magic, but <laughs> not building expectations from my side. And then also just like letting people live in on their own and then see if our energies match and not like dragging each other into each other's lives um, for like forcibly. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Thank you. So that sounds to me like brand management. I guess that's why you chose it, where you create expectations and over time through uh, the content or the actions you show, the values you stand for and let the relationships develop over time. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> why did you choose brand management and scalable growth? What's the story behind that? Yeah, I think that I chose, first of all, I chose business industry in general, because I think it's applicable everywhere, no matter where you study, no matter, no, uh, doesn't matter where you open your business. I think um, it's always in need and people will always need products and some brands and uh, like we will always be consumers. That's why um, I chose that industry. And then as for brand management, I guess, brands have now become really like important for people because some people see in them um, even like per persons or like image of a person or like a close friend and they are being loyal to them um, rather than just the producer of the product because if the brand has their image if the brand has their like message and values that the consumers share, I guess it's not just the company that sells something, but also like, you know, like a messaging or the transferring of something more important. And uh, the product is just the addition to whatever they are messaging and scale. And I'm really like excited about that. I'm really uh, passionate about developing these messages and kind of um, like, attracting new customers and making sure they see all the advantages of um, the product that we are given, but also the, the values, the guiding principles that uh, the brand has. And uh, why scalable growth? I guess it's just because I'm, I was interested in the startup environment, but I got to work in those um, contexts. So um, I think scalable growth is like a middle in between startups and international companies. And I think those have also a lot of like kind of growth uh, to have. That's why I think uh, scalable growth is one of the like best decisions for me personally, because it's not that big as international companies where you feel like you're contributing, but you don't really see the results of your work. But also it's not a startup that is very risky. So, so that's why scalable growth companies, I think, are more like balanced. Yeah, but you can also kind of influence the overall result. I agree very much with this reasoning. And I'm curious about your branding perspective as a country. How would you think about the brand of Ukraine? Do you think it was, especially after the invasion and the war, etc., 
branded correctly? What is the future brand that you might want to build for it? And if you had an opportunity to be like one of the branding experts for Ukraine, how would that be? Wow, that's such a creative question. I've never thought about that. And um, I'll have to improvise now. <laughs> Not that I was ready for any of the questions before, but I think, um, first of all, Ukraine's main value is freedom. And that's what we are observing now. And that's what we saw in the previous years as well. And not only since 2014, but I think since 1991, uh, when we got our freedom. And uh, I think people who live in Ukraine um, all share this value. And this is the most important um, one for us currently. And uh, yeah, I think also now support is essential and this is another value. And I think like countries kind of that are now watching that from outside, they can see that people really um, value their freedom. And I think for us, this is the most important thing. And uh, other than that, like nothing really comes to my mind except for that, like I remember when I was in the gap year program, we had this motto, I'm Ukraine, I love freedom. And I think I relate to that since then, like all my life. And I will be <laughs> relating to that as well. Um, and as for the future, I guess we will just have to keep that and not allow any um, like government, any other government, any other people take it from us. So I guess... Yes, freedom is our religion kind of thing, or, you know, our motto, you call it however you want. Thank you. That's really, really interesting. And I loved your perspective on it. And to ask you, since we're speaking about Ukraine and the whole situation, how was February 24th for you? How did you hear about the war? How did you feel? What happened? Tell me the whole story. Yeah, um, so... On February 24th, I was spending my semester in London, um, studying at Minerva. And um, I remember that I slept through the morning, like the awful morning when the explosions were um, in the country. So when I woke up, it was maybe 9 a.m., 9.30 a.m. And actually, my flatmate woke me up because he was reading all the news um, online. And uh, when I looked at my phone, I saw like a lot of messages from my friends, from my family members, and I was shocked. Like I was lost and shocked and confused, I guess, because I couldn't believe that this is happening. And I immediately started to call my parents to make sure that everything is okay. I also have a seven-year-old sister and it was very like, um, I don't know, like very um, scary for me to think even what they are going through back in Ukraine. And uh, yeah, so I was just crying and uh, I didn't know how I could help because one thing is that like, one thing is when you are there and when you are physically there and you physically can help uh, to kind of calm down your mom, you know, to make tea or I don't know, to like help them pack the stuff to move out of the flat. And another thing is when you are um, away from them and when you are safe. And uh, like my mom said that you should be happy that you are safe and you should take care of yourself now. But I just couldn't because I couldn't like fully realize that this is happening and my family is in danger and my friends are in danger as well. 
Um, so I guess I was just really um, scared, confused and very lost in reality. And uh, during that day, I couldn't really do any of the academics. And uh, I just, yeah, I just was alone to process the stuff that is happening. And of course, follow the news. Thank you. I understand. And it was really, really hard. I was there actually in Kiev when the war started oh, and wow. with the sirens and the evacuations and everything. And you now seeing how this war is going, how the economy of Ukraine is suffering, etc. And so many millions of Ukrainians are now abroad. They had time to start a new life, a new education, new jobs. Do you feel when it's time for Ukraine's victory that people will think, yes, it will be difficult, but I will return and rebuild? Or they'll think, well, I have a good thing here. Let me work abroad and send money and help to the country back home. What do you think from you speaking with other Ukrainians, etc., is the more likely path? This is a very complex question because I think that I cannot like answer for millions of people who fled, um, because, like who had to leave Ukraine because of war. But I guess um, there are a lot of people in my kind of circle of communication who want to come back home and who want to uh, continue living there, especially my generation. I think we are more optimistic about that and optimistic about countries' development. Uh, but also I can see a lot of people online, on social media, who are sharing that they will not go back especially those who faced the invasion twice, for example, in 2014 and now. Um, and I think uh, those people just kind of losing the hope of um, the country flourishing or the country being free completely. So I think that it like both options are working for the country, whether you are helping from outside or from inside. Um, if it makes sense. But at the same time, I guess if a lot of people, especially young people, leave Ukraine now and never come back, we will lose a lot of um, like resource of talented people and the country will definitely suffer. So I guess I cannot <laughs> forecast, even with tarot card readings, I cannot forecast how many people will come back. But I really hope that um, it will be sufficient for the country to grow further. Thank you. And you spoke about Tarot. Do you have any story of like something surprising or something really, really uh, like spooky or crazy that happened uh, after you discovered or did a Tarot reading about it? Was there like a miracle or coincidence, something that furthered your belief in it? Or as you said, it's only about the energy and reading the energies? Yeah, um, also great question. I think that for myself, I am never surprised by the coincidences that happen. Like I'm, I do tarot card uh, readings frequently for myself, especially if there is a new month coming up. Like, for example, for September, I'll do one for myself, you know, for general, like 12 areas of my life. And I think when some coincidences happen in my life, which is like 95 probably percent of time, I'm not really surprised. But when my friends, for example, ask me to do tarot card readings and then I do it. And then after a while, they are like, 
oh my god Masha you are right can you do another one for me please I am very surprised like I think one story I remember is that back in December when I was visiting my family in Kiev at home um, I did a tarot card reading for some waitress in some like place with hamburgers I don't even remember that place and uh, she was she was just there and she saw that I'm doing a tarot card readings for my friend and when my friend left she came up to me and said can you please do one for me and I said of course so I did one and I don't even remember I don't remember what I told her. I don't remember what was the reading about, but she reached out to me maybe like uh, two months ago after all this time. And she said, oh, do you remember you did a tarot card reading for me? And everything you said is actually correct. And everything happened. And I'm so thankful for your like directions and, you know, your preparation. So I was really, really surprised. And uh, like that didn't scare me, but that just like made me even more confident that this thing works. And if you also believe in that, if you're open to that, it will definitely help you. Thank you so much, Masha. This was such an interesting conversation. I learned a lot about you and all I can say really is Slava Ukraini. Heroem Slava. I wish you a good day. Thank you again and enjoy Malta and keep sharing on your TikTok. Thank you so much for having me.